0: More sex is had for pleasure than reproduction. Think about that. There's a lot of sex going on in the world and there's not as many babies as times people having sex. Thank goodness. I think that most folks believe that their God is a loving God and why would God make sex pleasurable and then say you can't do it?
1: how are you hey good morning welcome welcome morning. it's so good to be across from you today oh yeah I'm. I'm really glad to be here and I am so interested in today's topic and what we're going to talk about
0: yeah it's a good one this one and it's popping up a lot lately I'm finding
1: yeah so today we're going to be talking about the impacts of religion on perceptions of sex and what religious trauma syndrome is and how to develop a healthier relationship with sex in general but what I would love to know first is How does growing up religious affect your sex life in adulthood?
0: Mm, That's a really broad question, actually, Um, because for some people it may not affect their sex life at all. It depends really on the messages you get about sex and the education that you get about sex. I know I've been speaking to some folks who um, work uh, who are in the Jewish community and it can actually depend on the rabbi that you have. Yeah. Some rabbis are really great and want to give sex education and encourage people to learn about their bodies and connecting and have good, healthy, lifelong marriages. And others are a little afraid to talk about that or broach that. Definitely. So people can grow up with sort of ignorance or not knowing about it. So it, it depends on the religion, your church, And also the people around you, because it's often the humans that are making the rules and enforcing things, and that's where we can get things like fear and shame, and and that can lead to things like sexual repression and sexual ignorance, anatomical ignorance. So there's a whole bunch of things, depending on who you are and what your religious circumstances are.
1: And what are some of the impacts of religious upbringing that maybe people aren't aware of? Uh, well,
0: the first one, I think we just mentioned it, the, the big one is shame around yeah, sex. Definitely. Um, lots definitely. Lots of times people have been taught that sex is only for cis, heterosexual, monogamous, marriage, reproductive purposes, which is very narrow lens of something that's so broad the and narrowest. so radical. Yes, yeah. yeah. the narrowest, isn't it? Um, So that can lead to people experiencing shame simply for having sexual desire or for masturbating or for actually having or wanting to have sex before they get married. Uh, Sometimes the things that they enjoy they might feel shame or stigmatisation about, even for the partners that they choose. So shame can come, it can be about everything about sex or just limited things, but it can really impact people in, in terms of limiting their enjoyment of their own body, their partners, themselves, a whole bunch of things. And, uh, yeah, and and connection with others and sexual activity. So people get very shy and awkward and nervous and have this whole idea that sex is
1: bad. Which is you know it can be so damaging just to the way that you approach like your own body and it can really change the relationship that you have with self-perception and how you relate to others yeah exactly and I've
0: had quite a few clients that have had no sexual education at all and then waited till they've gotten married Uh, and then they've had disastrous honeymoons because they haven't known what to do, there can be pain, there can be discomfort, there can be disappointment Uh, there can be complete bewilderment like wow, this was supposed to be like yeah. the greatest night of our lives. Getting answering yes, in the deep end.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. It can be such a I guess when there's so much unexpected information and possibilities then it can really go wrong quite easily just when there hasn't been you know, as much communication about things yeah, or, beforehand. Well,
0: think about it. If we're not taught what to do with our bits and pieces, how mm. are we to know? I've, I've had lots of people who come from particular communities that get no information at all about sex that have tried to put penis in belly button and think that that's good for four years oh, and wondered why oh, they're oh, not wow. getting pregnant. Right? Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's
1: quite a few reasons why. Yeah, yeah bit, and oh. if you don't know anything else, how would you know? Exactly. You know? I guess the privilege of having an education where you're empowered to sort of enact your own desires in your body in a way that you want and the way that your partner wants it's yeah it is such a privilege and
0: yeah and to be encouraged to explore and to understand that we're all different i always tell these clients in particular i tell a story that when i was being taught to drive i was learning on a manual and my first driving instructor said let the clutch out three you know three quarters of an inch so this is how long ago it was inches (laughs) (laughs) and um not all cars are like that, but I thought they were because that was the instruction I got. Yeah. So imagine if you're learning about, you know, and then I got in another car and Kangaroo, all over the place and it was a disaster. Right? Oh, no. So can you imagine what it would be like if we applied these rules to bodies? Because everybody is different and everybody arouses differently and we're interested in different things. So if we're not encouraging some sort of freedom there or ability to explore, it's going to really narrow things down.
1: Do the impacts generally differ between religions with uh, impact on sexual health and just sex lifestyles in general?
0: Yeah, you know, this also, I was thinking about this last night. This is a super interesting question and it's not something I've really considered before about the difference between religions because in my experience, I think lots of religions are similar in terms of keeping sex for sanctioned relationships. Um, They tend to be pretty anti-homosexual and anti-queer and and. And uh, yeah, within the within the realms of their guidelines. But I have a theory that sex is the one thing that everyone in the world is capable of doing, and we all are sexual in some way. Even our asexual friends are sexual from time to time. Uh, you know, they might not be interested in pursuing, but they'll have feelings in their bodies, definitely, a little bit. Um, so it stands to reason then that if you want to control a lot of people, this is a good way to do it by dictating what they can and can't do. Uh, I think the government's also cottoned onto this if you look at certain places in the world and it's very alarming
1: oh yeah it's ringing of handmaid's tale to, <laughs> to me straight away
0: yeah and I think human sexuality is as broad and varied as humans themselves right mm. so I've always said that my definition of normal sex is any sexual act between consenting adults that's it so really consenting and adults are the operative words so who is anyone to tell us what we can and can't do with our bodies this is the one area I think that we should all have complete control over ourselves
1: Definitely. I think the way that you framed that was particularly compelling, just in terms of it being about power and the way in which we harbor so much power in our bodies. And if someone is to kind of deny education or like maybe give misinformation, the way that it can change the power that we have in our bodies. And. It's so can and
0: people don't, they they feel like, I mean, I know when we're growing up, we all want to be individuals, but be like everyone else. It's kind of weird. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But when you think about it, we're all erotic snowflakes, right? So we're individually wired for different turn ons and interests and our bodies are all different. So what works for some will not work for others. And we really need to think about this reproduction message that we get with religion. More sex is had for pleasure than reproduction. Think about that. There's a lot of sex going on in the world and there's not as many babies as times people having sex. Thank goodness. Right. So it's really, we we need to think that more often it's humans that are making up and enforcing rules about sexuality. I think that most folks believe that their God is a loving God. And why would God make sex pleasurable and then say you can't do it? Right. I I try and focus that it's there for the bond between people and helping them have a beautiful and loving lifelong relationship within the bounds of their religious
1: guidelines
0: and look at it that way.
1: So, Tanya, something I really wanted to know was can this, uh, I guess, phenomenon like still affect someone who's no longer practicing the religion in adulthood?
0: Um, yes, I think it can because shame is something that people carry with them their whole lives. So if you breed something in as a child or as a young person or even when you're really impressionable, like you might have adopted a religion... Um, They can become fastly held beliefs and often negative messages around sex can lead to a lifelong shame about sex or feeling sexual, about body parts, lots of things. So if we view sex as something dirty or sinful, it takes all the pleasure out of it, doesn't it? It makes people stiff and awkward with their bodies, they're not relaxed,
1: they're, and there's an unhelpful dialogue in their head. Often. Definitely. It yeah. makes one second guess everything, and it's kind of like this self-doubt or this antagonist yeah. in one's head.
0: Yeah, and how can you how can you relax if you feel bad about something?
1: Oh, it's yeah. impossible. Yeah, so
0: a lot of the work that I will do with folks is um, learning about uh, how you make sense of sex. How did you learn about it? What narrative or story are you telling yourself about sex? What thoughts do you have about it what meanings and beliefs do you give to sex because people have such a variety of uh ideas about this sort of stuff and then um let's have a look if some of these ideas aren't serving you You there might be some untruths some religious fears some situations you've been in in the past uh, maybe not the present some ignorance or around arousal or sexual function so we can work on changing the narratives to help them deal with the shame
1: I think that's something I find really interesting the way that a lot of religion is narrative based and then so the mm-hmm. narratives that they tell about sex as well as something you know which is a part of tradition often and Something that is so, I guess, empowering or an opportunity for change is reframing these narratives and kind of making them your own as opposed to just inheriting the tradition down.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting how much these things stick with us. You know, yeah. I've spoken to lots of people said, well, I've left my religion. I understood that that wasn't good for me, but I can't get rid of the the shame around sex or about my body being not not okay. And some for some people, they're like, I'm away from the religion, I didn't like my church or I didn't like the congregation, but I can't shake the promises that were made to me by the doctrine and by folks there. So it's, it's it
1: can be a lot to
0: unwire yourself from these fastly held beliefs.
1: Do you think that maybe part of the problem or the hardship within this is that a lot of the beliefs become these self, uh, subconscious Yeah, I do. They 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 go
0: into your body really. When you think about our values, sometimes we don't articulate them well, or we're not really aware of what's informing us. But we've been—it's—it's like anything. We've been breathing it in since we were little. Yeah, it's like the concepts of structural oppression as well. You know, we don't get told certain kinds of people are bad or this is not okay, but we see it all around us. Definitely. So if we've grown up in a community that's like "Uh -uh ah not this, then we will internalize that.
1: So what exactly is religious trauma syndrome? Yeah, I had to research this
0: one. It was a good question from Amber. Um, It's a set of symptoms uh, and it ranges in severity that's experienced by people who've been in an authoritarian, dogmatic or controlling religious group. It could be cults um, or it could be really um, quite uh, indoctrinated religious systems, Uh, maybe I've met a lot of people who've come out of being Jehovah's Witness or Mormon, and it's uh, really, really difficult for them to come into communities that have different beliefs. So the symptoms that they can have if they're traumatised can be around their cognitions, their affect, how they function, um, how they view social and cultural issues, as well as sometimes developmental delays. So it's really like um, PTSD and CPTSD in terms of how it can affect people um, in their bodies and in their minds and how they view things. It can be a big deal. It
1: sounds like there's like a whole constellation of impacts and it kind of weaves its way into your life with like so many facets.
0: It's kind of yet another type of trauma. There's so many traumas that are out there and it's interesting because trauma affects uh, a large uh, percent of the population. So it stands to reason that if you've felt coerced, controlled, not able to be yourself, these are all, uh, for our nervous system, life-threatening situations. So yeah, you don't want to be putting yourself in something that you've been told is a terrible, terrible thing to do, or that's going to send you to eternal damnation. That's really, really going to mess with your head.
1: Yeah. So with all those troubling thoughts, and I guess, um, aspects of sin can religious trauma lead to painful sex if we have all these uh, premonitions that it's going to be something terrible happening to us um, also the questions today are all
0: crackers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks Amber. Um, that's how producer Uh, I think sexual sexual ignorance can lead to painful sex Uh, and I think there's a lot of that with religious communities because they don't talk about it openly and they don't like to talk about bodies and mechanics and if we don't understand how our bodies work and what's needed for arousal and activities like intercourse then we can wind up having painful sex if we give very little education people don't understand warming up vulvas, getting them ready for intercourse, Uh, sex can become all about the P in V style sex and if that's the first thing that people try, imagine this on your honeymoon, you're trying that without any warm-up, it can indeed be very painful. Right? And then if we're given narratives around that of sex being bad and sinful, we're not going to be relaxed or excited about the prospect, are we? So often when people are told it will hurt or it won't feel good, which is not a universal truth for first times, by the way, um, or also if we're told that we are owed sex or we, we, we must give to our partner sex this can lead to not feeling relaxed and in some cases feelings of coercion and loss of bodily autonomy which will in turn create trauma.
1: Yeah coercion yeah. is such a you know a unfortunately broad and uh, common phenomena yeah. and this feeling of of disempowerment in in the body is you know something that people I'm sure really want to heal from so like what are some strategies that people can use to develop a healthier perspective of sex if they are affected by their religious upbringing um yes well the, I think the first step
0: is learning how to embrace and enjoy sex uh after you've been given all these negative messages. So that's pretty tricky, yeah? We need to remember that shame is perpetrated on us by other people. So who are other people to say what is good or bad, right or wrong, right? Uh, We're not bad for wanting to connect with other people and to feel pleasure. Personally, I view pleasure as a barometer of okayness or wellness in humans, in relationships, in communities. If we're not experiencing pleasure, what's happening? Right. Because it's really part of the human condition to be able to relax and experience pleasure. Um, I often talk to folks and say, you know, because if you have a loving God and that God created sex for a committed relationship, then it's meant to be enjoyable. Right. So there are things we can do. We can seek sex education. Uh, and we can try masturbation, which is a really good way of learning your own body. So I can see how that can be really tricky for folks who've been told, don't touch, yeah. don't do this. So if we can find a safe person to talk about sex with, one that can talk about it without judging where you've come from as upsetting, bad or immoral, right? And and talking about sex as a natural natural thing and that people have urges and desires that are common to all human beings, Um Seeing a sex therapist can be good, but shop around because some sex therapists can err on the side of being really sex positive and almost be shamey that people haven't had the education and haven't tried a lot of things. You really need people that can sort of understand your situation, where you've come from and gently work with you about where you want to be and go at your own pace. And then there are, there's a lot of things online that you can educate yourself with. A colleague of mine, um, she's from Melbourne, she's moved to New York now, Cindy Darnell, she has developed the Atlas of Erotic Anatomy and Arousal. Oh, wow. It what is, a name. Yeah, I know. It's a killer, killer, title. killer, killer uh, sex ed tool. You can wow. go and buy videos online that show exactly what happens in your body as you're arousing and how everything works and fits together. Oh, that's so powerful. Yeah, it's totally great. So you're normalising that and normalising that... Um, you would be experiencing shame if you've been told all your life that something's not great and then trying I guess to come across that that masturbation is actually okay and it's your body you're allowed to do whatever you like with that and how are you going to work out what feels good right it's very hard to outsource that to somebody else if you're not sure yourself so taking some time to explore your body and what feels good getting yourself informed will help you be able to negotiate with your partner in a safe way what you might like to try or what you think could be good.
1: I definitely think taking matters into one's own own hands is (laughs) is the best solution here. If you have just tuned in, you are listening to FBI Radio 94.5 with me, Deb Marcus and Tanya Coons. So what we are talking about is navigating sexual trauma through having had maybe a religious upbringing or feeling uncomfortable or experiencing feelings of shame and how we can go about dealing with that and if there are things that we can do in particular. So something that I'd love to know is is can we get more comfortable talking about sex if we've been conditioned to avoid it? Because sometimes even positive self-talk could be really hard.
0: Yes, this is such a tricky one. And,
1: I mean, this seems to be the show. We were chatting in the break about, you know, how we've
0: done nearly 100 episodes and there's so much to talk about sex. But I think people find it really hard to communicate and to talk about it. So we need to practice, right? So that means being a little vulnerable sort of pushing past discomfort. Um, Often when I've got clients in my room with me, we do little exercises like, let's spend one minute telling your partner all the things that you want, right? So I want. And we're going to start with things like, I want world peace. I want an ice cream. I want to bat the dog. I want to go for a swim. All the good stuff. Yeah, because we're we're not very good. So many people are not very good at saying what they want. You know, I want to lick your nose, right? And then we might do one minute of, Things I might like to do to you. So I'd like to hold your hand. I'd like to kiss your lips. I'd like to stroke your hair. I'd like to touch your breasts,
1: you know, and yeah. get
0: them to practice it because the partner's not going to say anything apart from look them in the eye and smile. Yeah,
1: It can be really hard to be vulnerable with actually yeah. expressing your desires if you've been told that desiring in itself is wrong yeah
0: absolutely and to be able to speak it and not have any shame come back at you and to actually have like because I'll be like yes look at you go there's things that you want to do fantastic these are all great things that really helps I also have exercises where you practice asking your partner for three minutes of the type of touch that you like to receive Uh, and your partner's going to respect their boundaries. So if they don't want to do it, they're like, thank you, could you ask for something else? If they do want to do it, they're like, thank you, I would love to. (laughs) And then you start with the three minutes of touch, but you can give feedback as well. So if you're not sure, could you slow down? Could you speed up? Or if you've thought that you might like it and you don't, you can say, thank you, can you stop? You don't have to tolerate or endure anything. This is an exploratory exercise where we're setting up safety, which I think is the main thing when we're feeling
1: ashamed. A hundred percent. It's so important to know that you can change your mind. Yeah, and there's
0: another one I do too called a bossy massage where the person receiving has to say what they want and the person giving gives it to them for 30 seconds only and then takes their hands off. Oh, So it's not relaxing at all. It's an exercise. (laughs) Oh, uh, you can say, that was really great. May I have that again? Yeah. But you have to keep asking for what you want or you get naughty. Practicing the
1: expression of desire.
0: Yeah. So
1: if someone grew up religious but their partner didn't, Uh, How can you help them understand what the experience is like?
0: I think, again, this is about talking. So it's chatting to your partner about what beliefs you have grown up with uh, and what you were taught and what you might be concerned or afraid about. Uh, You can always ask them to slow down. You can always ask them to teach you about things. You can ask them to talk to you and show you the things that work for them and be very curious about your own body but it's it's about let's not rush this let's you know understand that I'm going to come into this a little bit hesitant and and afraid so if we can hold hands and do something together on this it's going to be a lot easier than me feeling obliged or coerced even to do something
1: i guess it is uh, in itself a form of recovery to embrace your own body again and also understand maybe your partner's body if they have these troubles so it's sort of reciprocal in the way that if if the partner grew up religious versus yourself are there different ways that you would support someone if you weren't sure about the religion or well, yeah,
0: if you're not sure be curious so yeah. you can ask invite them to talk how, how did you grow up what meaning did you give to sex what beliefs have you got about it what thoughts do you have about it like is mm. it bad or I should be good at this you know what, what are you thinking and then what can we co-create together for us what narratives can we make that are joint like this is something special for us or this is what we do to solidify our relationship or we are we're so interested in giving each other pleasure or I love you and I want to celebrate your body in a way that feels safe for you Right? lots of things and then set up ways that we can explore together without having to know all the answers
1: definitely because at the end of the day sex should really be a constructive act a creative constructive act it doesn't have to be destructive even yeah. if it's been framed that way before
0: absolutely i mean it really is about bonding and communication i think that's the whole idea of it is that it brings people together it's like the mortar between the bricks in your relationship
1: 100 percent. thank you so much for the chat today Always i have been a pleasure. i feel so enriched. <laughs>